Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. How are you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio. For 10 years, the number one Irish tech podcast bringing you the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. As well as a show on air with RTE and online via the website or your favourite podcasting app, we keep you bang up to date on all things tech every day with hourly updates and daily newsletters which you can have for free at techcentral.ie. Joining me as always is our Tech Central Editor-in-Chief, Niall Kitson. And uh, we had been talking about one of our favourite shows from earlier in the year, uh, which we did around the 40th anniversary of the Alien movie. Mm-hmm. And we talked about our favourite movies of all time, our favourite science fiction movies of all time. But then we kind of said we should really make it a little bit more relevant. Modern. <laughs> I, I mean, I was talking about movies from like 1951, long yeah. before anybody was born, long before anybody was born. That's, that's <laughs> not on Netflix. How was wrong with you? <laughs> so what we've decided to do for you today is to give you what we would think are, um, I don't want to say uh, like the best movies of the last decade, but certainly recommendations for the last decade. Yeah. Because if we said the best, we would have gone for, you know, kind of a interstellar and blah, 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 and all mm. the usual suspects. Whereas we kind of want to give you something that maybe you'd lost over or that you've forgotten or whatever happens mm. to be. Um so who's going to go first then is the question. Well, what's well. really interesting is that we batted around our lists and we actually suggested at the same time yes. two movies. And are we still in that situation? I think we are. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I agree with your picks, Dusty. Oh, my. Well, that never happens. That never happens. Oh, my God. What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to run out and pick some more. Yeah. OK, well, uh, can, I, can I introduce our, our first movie? Go on, go ahead. OK, our first movie was directed by David Bowie's son. Did you know this? Oh, yes. One Duncan Jones. Yes. Uh, released in 2011. Okay. Uh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Michelle Monaghan. And is a little time travel movie called... Uh, I'm going to guess Moon. No, although, although, if you were to ask me to select a Duncan Jones movie, I would have said Moon. But he falls outside. This one falls, you know... Uh, we said the last 10 years, okay. thereabouts, Moon was actually made in 2009. Ah! So, uh, and had Sam Rockwell, I think on his own, just do, uh, with uh, Kevin Spacey doing the, the voice of an AI. But source code, um, Jake Gyllenhaal and Michelle Monaghan. And it starts with a guy in a train. I know this movie very well because it's one of the ones that, yes, that I was going to recommend. Yes. <laughs> there you go. I don't think this was a massive, massive blockbuster hit. No. I think it was a hit. It did all right. It did all right, yeah. But uh, but it was one of those where it's kind of, yeah, I've heard of it. And this is, this is we're hitting the nail on the head here. Mm. I've heard of it. Mm. The people who are in it. I don't think I've seen it. Mm. Okay, yeah, it's a great movie. Tell me what it's about then. Okay. Uh, it's a time travel plot, which means that there's going to be an awful lot of the film being two steps ahead of you, one step back. Mm-hmm. And it starts with a guy in a train uh, and the train explodes. End of movie. End of movie. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> the movie's called Eight Minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. Thanks. Thanks for your money. Uh, but no, then. There's a guy guy in a train and the train explodes. Uh, the guy wakes up. He's back in the train. Some, you know, chatty chatty with um, the passenger. Uh, he's a bit like. This, I, I, this I've been here before. before. Yeah. yeah. This is a bit strange. Train blows up. 
and it goes in this cycle, cycle, cycle uh, until uh, he wakes up in what he thinks is some sort of capsule or, you know, module or something like that. And uh, he's like, what what's going on here? And they're like, well, it's look, you, you're alive. You're here. You're with us. Um, it's just you're in the source code. Uh, and can you explain what the source code was as a concept? I can't remember how they got into the code, but the gist of it was was that this guy was wearing like a helmet or whatever, and they had given him the last eight minutes of this person's life, this person who was on the train uh, and had experienced the explosion. And with those memories, he was to explore the train and all of the other passengers who were on the train and try to find out where the bomb was, who planted the bomb, why they did it, because even though they couldn't change history, there was a threat that there was going to be another train that was going to explode and they wanted to find out how it was done so they could stop it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The source code, it it actually reminded me of, what was that Microsoft thing where it created, um, uh, recreated landmarks on the basis of everybody submitting pictures of that landmark. Do you remember what it was called? Um, But yeah, basically the source code is the combined memories of everyone that was in that location. Um, Ah. So it gives him free movement to interrogate other people and what their experiences were. But he was still in the one body of this protagonist. I know I've seen that movie twice and I enjoyed it twice. And now you're explaining it to me again. I kind of go, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm dreadful. I want to see it again. Yeah, I, I'm. It's a bit like source code, isn't it? Doesn't. I'm yes. back in that train again. Back yeah, in the oh, train. Okay. Um, well, my first one, actually, strange enough, was uh, was source code as well. So uh, we've yep. we've happily skipped over that. Source code is available at the moment uh, uh, on Apple, Google, and I think on Netflix, on Netflix as well. As well yeah. um, my uh, first pick for you then is uh, I was trying to explain this to my wife, and she was going, "Please don't talk about this on the radio. People think you're crazy." <laughs> Well, this is an actual movie and I am going to recommend it. Uh, and the storyline is essentially uh, the Nazis, uh, when they departed Germany in 1945 at the end of uh, World War II, uh, developed a secret base on the moon. Okay. On the dark side of the moon. But of course. And uh, were regrouping and had plans to invade Earth. Until they were discovered, of course. Okay. And the name of the movie is Iron Sky. I'm I'm detecting a bit of schlock here, Dusty. Uh, Have you seen this? I have seen it. All right. Okay. I thought it was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I know you're thinking the plot is absolutely outrageous. Okay. And the plot, the only uh, connection that the plot has with science fiction is that it is based on the moon. All right. Yeah. (laughs) But to just... Take that, and I loved the imagery of it. I loved the uh, the costumes, for want of a better word, the way they did up the uniforms and what the, all the ladies and guys are wearing. They all looked very – it was just so stylized, mm-hmm. and, and what an outrageous plot. And uh, for me, it was just – it was crazy. It was out there. It was just one of those science fiction movies where, all right, well, I don't really have to be all science fiction <laughs> about this. I can just sit back and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of explosions. Uh, but of course. <laughs> it has that in its favour. And it has a downfall <laughs> reference, which is moderately entertaining as well. Graham, well, what have you got next on your list then? Okay, how, how's about I, I read out the uh, premise and see okay, if you can on. guess what it is, okay? Uh, a linguist tries to make contact with an alien race to avoid an armed conflict 
when 12 vessels arrive in cities all over the world. Oh, oh yes, this is very recent. Mm-hmm. And this is very good. And mm-hmm. uh, this could well be one of my top five favourite movies of all time. Ah. Uh, it's called Arrival. Yes, it certainly is. And yeah, it, they were kind of like pebbles. That's, yep. The spaceships were like pebbles that were mm-hmm. turned on their side and they yep. just hovered above these uh, uh, places. Mm. Oh, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Every, everything that I liked about this film uh, was that it wasn't, it wasn't like how we would imagine uh, a spaceship made by us would look. Like it's a pebble, you know. We're used to seeing X-Wings and TIE Fighters and that sort of thing. You know, ships that could have been designed by humans because they have propulsion and, you know, we understand how they work. This is something that looks alien. It has alien people inside it. The motives of the aliens are completely unknown. And that's that's the crux. And even of the, the aliens film. looks fantastic. We, we had been speaking before about uh, on the aliens program that we did ages ago. Mm. Uh, and one of the things that the movie company didn't like about aliens was the fact that you didn't see the alien. Yeah. And actually, we said at the time, quite correctly, that with those kind of movies, it's what you don't see. Is what mm. makes it magic. And it's the same with Arrival. Yeah. Because they, there is a point where they're able to go up and they're able to see the aliens to it, mm. but they're all covered in cloud. Yeah. And you don't really get to see them. But the yeah. little bits you do mm. are not human. That's for sure. Yeah. And what I really enjoyed about the film is that, and it's a real film of ideas, you know, and, and communication, but the aliens' written language is so idiosyncratic, so complex that you, you look at it and you go, do you know, only a really clever person whose job it is to figure this out could actually figure it out. And um, yeah, that's that's what that was a proper science fiction film. Amy Adams is really good in it. Jeremy Renner is very good in it as the sort of the the arrogant physicist that ultimately gets put in his place, I suppose. Mm. Forrest Whitaker is very good as the, the guy who puts the team together, but ultimately kind of has his finger on the button uh, to, to decide, you know, are these guys friends or foes mm. and kind of in the way that um, you like the day the earth stood still that there is this this question over motive and that's what that's what fuels arrival and you know okay uh, it's also done in Independence Day mm. <laughs> but Arrival is a much more cerebral film it has this wonderful mood to it and the score is absolutely fantastic as well there's terrific intelligence to it and it's not full of Special effects, or I wouldn't have thought it to be a very special effectsy kind of a movie. It doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel that way. That's, yes. Yeah. That's the best way. Because special effects, you think wham, bam, car mm. chases, explosions, you know, kind of spaceships off in space or whatever. Yeah. This was very believable. Yeah. Yeah. And people's motivations were very believable as well. Because I, the way the story is told, it's uh, Amy Adams talking to her daughter, um, who was growing up, what have you. Uh, so... It diffuses that kind of tension, mm. but it's a film that relies on mystery, which is part of what I really like about it. You know, the, the tension sort of comes from the, OK, the military could be doing something. Mm. But the crux of the film is curiosity and ideas and how do we solve this problem? Uh, and for me, that's what makes it a really good science fiction film instead of an action film. Yeah, well, I, I I agree with you there, and it also poses a very interesting question, which I've often thought of, is like if aliens did arrive, 
you know, for some reason, for years in science fiction movies and maybe just in life, every just assumed we'd be able to talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, sure. well, either we'll it's be so clever. Then, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, and then um, somebody, I think somebody was trying to explain about whales. And there's this theory that whales have, were put on the planet by aliens, thousands and thousands. Of, this is right. a very, very strange person I was speaking to. <laughs> um, but anyway, their point uh, being was, we think we'd be able to talk to aliens, but we can't talk to a goldfish. Mm. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Or you can't talk to an elephant mm. to find out what they would do. It's kind of, and I kind of thought, that's a really interesting way of looking. And anyway, I've stepped over the bounds. Okay. Anywho. Anyhow, on to uh, my next suggestion for you, uh, which is a movie starring uh, Matt Damon, who actually stars. There's two uh, Hollywood stars when I was researching this who starred in a lot of science fiction, a lot more science fiction than I thought. Mm. Uh, one is Matt Damon and one is Tom Cruise. Yeah. Um, the one from Matt Damon that uh, I was thinking of is not The Martian. It's the one where um, rich people, like Earth has just become whatever, basically it's becoming like a dump. Mm. It's the best way I can describe it. Uh, and all of the people who don't have money live on Earth and then the super rich live on this fantastic paradise uh, spacecraft up in the sky that orbits Earth, which is called Elysium. And Matt Damon plays a, a guy who's on the ground and then somehow manages to find his way onto Elysium where Jodie Foster is and, um, and, and on they go. Um, I just kind of thought... I don't know. I liked the imagery of this movie more than, than I think the story. Mm, it was yeah. just one of those, again, I don't know if it was a massive hit. I don't remember seeing it being advertised in the, in the cinema. I actually saw it on a on a flight going somewhere. Mm. And I went, oh, what's this? Never heard of it. Um, and I just liked the imagery. And it reminded me of a book by Arthur C. Clarke. And I'm trying to think of what it was. I think it was Fountains of Paradise. Was that, was that the Arthur C. Clarke movie where there's a ring around Earth and then they build these huge big uh, towers going up to the ring that's, that's circling Earth? I have no idea. And then people... Okay, right. <laughs> you keep explaining it, though. It's, it's fascinating. It's, it's, such a, it's such a pity this is radio because it's not as face as a picture to see them. What are you talking about? Um, yeah, but it's like if you can imagine like the, the rings of Saturn and there's mm. a single ring around Earth and then it's attached to the Earth by all of these like poles, mm. which is keeping it in place. And those poles are actually uh, elevators or lifts or, or whatever you like. And you would ride this elevator up to this ring, which is circling Earth, and mm. you would live up there. Um, and I think that's what Elysium reminded me of. Mm, yeah. And I just liked the whole the way it was a circular shaped uh, uh, rotating uh, uh, spacecraft. And when you were actually on it and standing on the ground, you could see the curvature of the actual spacecraft. It was enormous mm. inside. But the actual living quarters, if you like, looked like very, what I would describe as um, – uh, back to the future, urban America, suburban mm. America. Do you know yeah, what I mean? It's yeah. Big houses and big lawns and nice roadways and all that kind of stuff. In a space station. <laughs> yeah. Some, some nice movie trivia, actually. It was directed by Neil Blomkamp, who also directed District 9. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that. I we saw District 9. And District yeah. 9 actually is kind of, it's very similar. Mm, yeah. Uh, but District 9 is very dirty. It is, yes. It's it's real muck under the fingernails yes. kind of movie. Yes, whereas Elysium was... Um, it had that. It had that balance. Yeah, um, yeah. Where you you had the pristine, 
wealthy folks. And Jodie Foster has a habit of turning up in science fiction films, doesn't she? She is another one, actually. She's in another movie I like. Um, <laughs> Go on. <laughs> no, I was just going to get another contact reference in there. <laughs> Because <laughs> I like bringing it up on the show from time to time, as you know. Um, yeah, she was in it, but I don't think she was. She was a leading role, but I don't know why. Matt Damon is the one that just sticks in my head. And I remember that I really enjoyed uh, Elysium. Well, if you like uh, Jodie Foster in science fiction films, I recommend Hotel Artemis, which is a film that was out, uh, I think, uh, a year ago. Um, it's a great little movie. I don't know where you'd find it but it's actually quite entertaining little cyberpunk film. All right, okay. What's your next uh, suggestion? Okay, my next suggestion. Um, hmm, will I be unfair and mention one that you also like or will I... No, go on, you can mention yeah. it because okay. I, I, I'm going to dig out one or two more anyway that we have Okay, mentioned right. Let's see how we go. A privately funded mission to Jupiter's fourth moon goes badly awry. Oh, this uh, does sound familiar. And the fourth moon of Jupiter is Europa. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's all sparking out. And the problem with Europa is that in 2010, Jupiter exploded, making a second sun in our solar system. Mm-hmm. And the message was sent out to everybody, enjoy the new sun and the energy and the technology and the everything those aliens are giving you, but stay away from Europa. <laughs> okay, so this movie that you're talking about has nothing yep. to do with Arthur C. Clarke or the 2001, 2010, Correct. but it is based on a premise of, there was another Arthur C. Clarke movie. Oh, crikey. I, I know the movie you're talking about, but I can't picture it, yep. but I can picture the book that I'm thinking of from Arthur C. Clarke. And it was a case of they were off meant to land on a comet or something like that. And something horrible happened and they crash landed on Europa, which is the one moon they shouldn't go to. I think this is the 3010 book or something like that. I can't remember. It was one of the, the, the books in that, in, in that series anyway. And then there was the whole thing about creatures living underwater or something like mm. that. Well, you're not too far off in, uh, in what this movie is. Uh, and I picked it because this is a movie we actually agree on. So as okay. soon as I mention the title, you'd be like, yeah, I, I, I knew that. Europa Report. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a very interesting film in that it takes this sort of mockumentary approach. Okay. So from the get-go, we have uh, M. Beth Davids um, explain that, you know, this privately funded mission to Jupiter was meant to go a certain way. Uh, it did not. And then what we get then is uh, an account of what happened in, inside the um, inside the mission. I liked it be- from a procedural perspective because I, I love um, movies about space where the tiniest thing ends up having this butterfly effect and ruining absolutely everything in, in the mission. How very true. So uh, I enjoyed it from that perspective. Uh, however, I mean, you've also seen this movie. What what? What did I like about yeah. it? Uh, you know, it was just another discovery. Again, I was, I was flying somewhere. It was on the in-flight thing, and I hadn't seen it in the in the cinema, which mm. always uh, annoys me. But it always delights me when I find something that's uh, half decent. Mm. Um, and again, I, I, I just liked it. 
just I, like I, it. I just can't say any more than I just like the twist. Well, there, there is a twist at the and end. Because I was, I, was, I was trying to think for our programme today mm. was try and suggest movies that have not been massive, massive. Yeah. Whatever. And that certainly fitted the bill. And I do remember that I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It tends to come in and out of Netflix quite a bit. And it's it's kind of a good Netflix film. Yeah. You know, like you're sitting down of an evening and there's nothing to take a punt on something. Yeah. Uh, it's a solidly made film. Uh, I'd say, you know, it's a it's a three star movie that won't leave you feeling disappointed. I think it's I think its goals are modest and I think it fulfills them. Don't expect, you know, big blockbuster scares or anything like that. Um, kind of like Arrival, it's a film about exploration, first and foremost, uh, and people rowing with each other to a slightly lesser extent. But it's it's actually pretty good. All right. Uh, another one that uh, that I found by accident mm-hmm. that I quite like and that's on my list. And this one does star uh, Tom Cruise, actually, uh, as a guy who's uh, designed or assigned to extract Earth's last resources. There's nobody left on Earth. Mm. And he's living up in the clouds, essentially, mm-hmm. with a good-looking chick, but of course. Uh, and what they do is they fly down to Earth and they just make sure that everything's kind of cleaned up and locked up and they're supposed to be the last ones to go. And it's called um, Oblivion. Mm. And I remember watching it thinking, God, this is because it's so hard to get good, high-quality sci-fi mm. with a bit of money behind it. And mm. I went, that's a really good sci-fi movie. Really well made. Uh, Tom Cruise is actually quite good at it. Uh, it was a nice different story and I'd never heard of it. I just found it, played it and enjoyed it. Yeah, I think Oblivion is an example of a really solid Tom Cruise film mm. because he's popped up in an awful lot of science fiction films at this stage. And I think Oblivion is, it, again, it's a good Netflix film. Mm. Like I bypassed it in the cinema because I was a little bit like, ah, Tom Cruise, it's going to be, you know, a, a solid action movie, but it's not going to be much better. Yeah. Um, but... Come to it on your own terms. It's actually very good. He did another science fiction film just a couple of years previous called Edge of Tomorrow. I don't know if you remember seeing and that. that was, oh, that, now that was a blockbuster. That was a huge, and I'll tell you how big a blockbuster was. Mm-hmm. My wife came to the cinema to see that with me. <laughs> and she never goes to science fiction movies. Well, do you know what? That was an example of a film that found its feet through um, just people saying nice things about it mm. because um, the marketing didn't do it any good. The title was extremely vague um, and uh, nobody got it. It didn't it didn't open well in the States. It wasn't doing well, but it, it was a classic um, sleeper hit. Just word gone around. This this is actually pretty solid. This is a good movie. Go see it. Yeah, You'll be entertained. There we go. We're recommending the movies left, right and centre for the last 10 years. Yeah. Well, what have you got next next on your list? OK, uh, right. Another another one that uh, I'll, I'll just go to the. Uh, thing first, but I know you're not not going to get this. So, <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Ah, oh, challenge. Okay. Uh, a woman leads an expedition into a mysterious zone to find her husband. Oh my goodness! That could be any of a dozen movies. Um. Okay, I give up. Okay, <laughs> it's readily available on Netflix. It's starring Natalie Portman, and it's a little movie called Annihilation. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, I absolutely recommend that you do it's it's interesting on uh, I uh, yeah it's interesting on a number of levels one of which being the fact that it's pretty much an all female cast uh, but that's not a it's not a thing it's just a film that happens to have pretty much an all female okay. cast um, so Natalie Portman is the female lead the male lead is Oscar Isaac and 
it's what's fascinating about this zone that they that they go into, uh, and it's an idea that I think was pilfered from. Uh, Roadside Picnic was the book and it was made into a film called Stalker by Andrei Tarkovsky. And it's basically this area where things happen. We're not sure why, we're not sure how. Uh, We just know that things happen and they're not good for you. Okay. So you have this expedition going into this very difficult, very mysterious terrain and you start seeing things that have mutated the local flora, the local fauna, animals and it reminded me of a film from 1981 called Possession which had Sam Neill and Isabella Janney and it was about this couple um, that just get um, affected I guess by a a supernatural presence and this is very much a science fiction interpretation of that story where you, you you have a couple and they're joined together by this otherworldly presence. It just happens to be alien in this case. Um, did, I, did I say Alex Garland directed it? Who did uh, Who did Dread and um, Ex Machina and earlier on The, the Beach and The Tesseract as mm. well. Um, the Beach was like required reading when I was in college for some reason. But there you go. Is that the movie that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio yes. started? The movie, all right, okay. Yeah, uh, by all accounts the movie was terrible. But, uh, I haven't seen it. So. And it's not science fiction. And it's not science fiction. <laughs> so it's not. <laughs> but uh, the film is really good. Good tension, good ideas, uh, excellent cast. I absolutely recommend you watch it. It's not for everybody, um, but that's okay. Well, listen, uh, we're running out of time, so I'm going to uh, very quickly give you – I should really only be giving you one, but I'm going to give you two because both of them popped up on Netflix uh, during the year, and I thought both were quite good. Uh, One is The Space Between Us, which is uh, a kid who's lived all his life on Mars, and he comes back to Earth when he's 18 years of age, and it's just Mm. his experience of what Earth is like, and meeting a girl that he falls in love with. A bit of a kind of a kids-y Disney, Mm -hmm. but I enjoyed it, surprisingly enjoyed it, so that's why I thought it was good. Uh, And the other one, which I've recommended to you before in other programs, uh, which I was really surprised at is called Life uh, which is another one that popped up on Netflix and that is just about they're bringing moon rocks back from the moon uh, they're sampling them on a, a space station orbiting Earth and uh, it's a life form that grows and grows and grows and it turns into what I can best describe as an alien type movie mm. it's the best alien type movie I've seen since Alien. Alien. Yeah. Right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so it's called uh, it's called Life and it's on Netflix. Have you got one more recommendation? Yeah, one more very quickly. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even going to bother explaining the present, the um, uh, premise to you before hit the title because I guarantee you have not seen this film. Okay. Uh, it's a little something called Midnight Special. Okay. It was released in 2016. And basically it's a chase movie uh, about a man with his son who has special powers and he's trying to return his son to somewhere. And that's the um, that's the premise of the film. Oh, so um, this man and his friend have escaped uh, basically a cult mm-hmm. that seemed to worship this young boy, and um, they're they're on the run. They're going from A to B, and they meet different people along the way who will facilitate them, and they have various problems along the way as well. Um, one in the form of um, policeman that gets shot, but also in the form of a, a federal agent who is trying to track them down. Uh, who was played by Adam Driver. The lead is played by Michael Shannon and they're both brilliant in it. Kirsten Dunst plays the uh, estranged mother of the child. Uh, you wouldn't recognise her at first. Uh, it, I, I had to see her on the uh, credits to go, oh, that's who it was. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I like that. It's a great chase movie. Um, 
It has uh, sort of a mini twist at the end that is an absolute kicker and it's very, very satisfying watch. Mm. But yeah, if you like a chase movie uh, that just happens to have some science fiction stuff in there. And uh, Sam Neill has a... Um, is it Sam Neill? No. Yeah, it is Sam Neill. Um, has a, a wonderful role as a, a cult leader in it. Okay, what's it called again? Uh, Midnight Special. There you go. Well, listen, there's a, there's a ton of movies. Mm. A lot you didn't know, a lot that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're listening, I hope we've given you something that you can uh, watch over the next couple of weeks and enjoy. Listen, that is our show for this week. Uh, remember, you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with early updates, daily newsletters and more at our website, techcentral.ie. Or, of course, listen to our little show every week online or on Fridays on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. So next time, for myself, Dusty, and from Nile Kitson, thank you so much for listening and have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.